Talent. John Stokes live on the air at KGZ Montana. How are you, sir? I'm not so bad. Well, we can't say that about the rest of the world, though, can we? Uh, no, no. And, of course, we're great liars, too, so we're, we're, not, we're not doing so great after all. <laughs> well, now, come on. Those Russians invaded. We all know that. Uh, that's what it was when we were sleeping, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, now we want to give uh, Georgia a billion dollars to repay the repay for uh, you know the damage we caused to their country, basically. It's amazing what's going on with the weather warfare. It's, uh, it's quite staggering. I think, uh, you know, we've got, obviously, the ability to mo- uh, manipulate weather. In fact, one of our listeners brought in uh, a weather manipulation uh, story from 1943. It was in National Geographic, how the Army was gearing up toward to change the scenes on battlefields and yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, they haven't given up at all. Well, they, they, they signed the treaty at the United Nations in the 70s when they had the capability in the treaty to create storms, hurricanes, earthquakes, famine, flood, or whatever they wanted to. And it says in the treaty that it makes the atom bomb obsolete. So they have been using this uh, steadily now for 10 years on the Western Europe and uh, the Americas. Well, if we've got it, uh, we've got to also believe that the Chinese and Russians have it and, and others. Well, I know that the U.S. alone controls over 54 of them worldwide the harp installations? Yeah, they have them all over the place, Iceland, Greenland, and Australia, and other places, yeah. Because I was just looking at this uh, hurricane patterns we seem to be having here. I was wondering if the Russians were sending us all these hurricanes just to kind of teach us a lesson. No, no. Like the same boys who own uh, all of us now own pretty well the rest of the world. I mean, we created communist China. Uh, we gave them all our industry through treaties. Uh, and believe you me, if the elite of America didn't own China, you would not give your capability of manufacturing weaponry and uh, vehicles and so on to China. You would not do that. You'd only do that if you already owned them. <laughs> yeah, we saw that uh, that fix was on under, well, obviously with the rise of Mao Zedong, but um, throwing Chiang Kai-shek overboard in place of it. Mm-hmm. The, the opening of China through the Nixon Prescott uh, presidency and then... Uh, uh, having little Bush or middle Bush then being the ambassador to China, and, mm-hmm. you know that's and Clinton's brother too. Clinton's brother went over after Tiananmen Square and said, "Don't worry, we're, we're not t- taking any action on this. We're staying out of it. Uh, trade must come first, he said. But we signed up the GATT treaty that allowed it all to happen. And believe you me, it must have taken 20, 30 years of negotiations and setups through bureaucrats and so on to set China up and to be the manufacturer for the whole world. Now, we had something happen here. Well, the financial institutions are collapsing in America. The, it, that's all planned, and it's just like another Great Depression. They're, they're scarfing up all the assets, and uh, whether they're leading us through World War III, we can discuss that, or just the uh, devastation of America financially. The One of our major banks, again, collapsed this weekend. It was Silver State Bank in Nevada. They had 17 branches. Just ironically, uh, the CEO of that, branch, that, that chain was... Arthur, I think his name was Arthur McCain, McCain's oldest son. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They don't fall far from the nest there. With no, McCain. no, McCain. that's right. <laughs> and But we saw this bailout of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the largest mortgage uh, institutions in the world. And a lot of people think they're federal. They are not. They're privately owned uh, money creation banks, just like the Federal Reserve is. They create mortgages out of thin air, and then they make us pay it back because they sell the mortgages. Mm-hmm. Or 
Now, uh, a lot of their loans aren't performing, so they were going under. They this last month they set up a situation where they could go to the Congress and say, "Well, you know, just in case we need some money to bail these guys out, we authorize it." Well, lo and behold, this weekend they did. Mm-hmm. And my take on this is a, a lot different than anybody else's report. And I'm sure you may or may not agree with me, but that this was the tripwire. We went, we crashed this weekend. I mean, if they did not step in and do this, we. America would be over this morning because most of that Fannie Mae debt, they're not bailing out the stockholders, they're not bailing out the preferred stock, they're ba- they're bailing out or guaranteeing the ones who are holding the actual debt, yeah. mm-hmm. which is Chinese central banks and yeah. the Russian central banks and the Asian central banks. Mm-hmm. They're owning all the money, and they said, if you don't pay this thing off, we're never going to finance your federal deficit again. You're over. We're pulling all of our money out. And lo and behold... We have this half trillion dollar bailout today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what it is because China. Um, I was reading the paper the other day there uh, from Britain, and it was talking about the U.S. being the larger debtor on the on the planet, and how China owns uh, basically holds all of the debt. They own uh, the, the U.S. debt, and they profit from the debt. What a system where you can profit from debt, isn't it? Yeah. But but uh, I mean, what a farce! Do you think they're the enemy? As I say, the elite would never give all of that power to your main enemy. Which tells you, no, they're not your enemy. They're owned by the same bankers who own the planet. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, here we're having to borrow $80 billion a month to keep this federal socialist hoax going. Yes. Uh, for just a little longer than On top of that, we're borrowing all this money off books or creating money of digits off books mm-hmm. to bail out the Wall Street bankers. Uh, we're in serious, serious, serious financial trouble. And mm-hmm. I see every indication the world's going into a major depression followed by war. Well, you're actually in the war. Uh, the, the war is a war on the world. This is, this is World War III, and um, although it was already on the go from World War II onwards, it, it was highlighted, I call it the highlighting with 9-11 in 2001. That was a kickoff for the next phase of the globalization process. And all the big players that work at the United Nations are, who are advisors to presidents like Jack Zatali. Um, he was president, he was advisor to three different French presidents. He wrote the books, he's now at the United Nations, and he wrote the books on what's to happen to America. And in one of them, he, it was called Millennium, printed about 90 or 91. He said eventually America will be absorbed into the world system which it has financed and brought into being and the standard of living will drop and with the the borderless system they eventually will bring in immigration will will flood in from Latin America Uh, just like he said like the hordes of Huns and Goths and Visigoths and so on that came into Rome and he said the, the face of America will be completely changed and the next boat people, because the economy will, will plummet, he said the next boat people will be U.S. citizens leaving their country looking for work abroad. Well, see, this is the agenda. When these guys write these kind of books, they're telling you the agenda. And we also have the same uh, um, outlook from the Department of Defense, their main think tank in Britain for the U.K. and NATO and I've got 90 pages of it up on my website in the archive section. Uh, they go through this whole scenario for the next 20 odd years, uh, talking about the, the escalation of crisis within America 
in Canada uh, with this mass migration as they standardize and bring the whole continent under one system just like the European Union and uh, during that process will be chaos uh, the economy will plummet and fall and so on and there will be rioting which they expect to start around 2010 within the United States uh, on a large scale well I think we're already with 12 5 Five million a year is pretty good invasion already. I mean, uh... Uh, it's nothing. It's nothing because you see, they want to bring the whole of Latin America in. And believe you me, in Latin America, they, they still believe that the, the streets of America is paved with gold, and they're living in such oppression and poverty where they are. They truly think you just walk across the border and you, everything is, uh, is the sky is a limit. Uh, but we interview Frosty Wooldridge on a regular basis, mm -hmm. and uh, he's got his new book out. I think in the next hundred million Americans, and, and all you know, the census and population data says that America, by I think it's another just ten or fifteen more years. The majority will be Hispanic-speaking Americans. Uh, that was also in Jack Satali's book from the 90s, yeah, early 90s. Wonderful. So that is the agenda. Yeah, these these guys no sit... Nation, uh, no nation survives from that kind of massive, uncontrolled immigration with, with separate languages, mm -hmm. separate cultures, without assimilating. It just turns into Babel. Well, you see, the, the thing is, it's planned battle and it's planned chaos. And Rockefeller said it, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. And he said, this generation is a generation that is the cannon fodder for this agenda. So we have to go through all of this chaos while all of this happens. And they will bring out step by step uh, the new solutions, which I'm sure were written years ago, uh, ready to go into operation. And we'll come into this brave new world of multiculturalism. But in reality, there will be no culture at all. They're going to give you a new culture down the road, blend it all together and uh, literally you're going into a world totalitarian state uh, for the next 20-30 years according to the, de the Department of Defense and that's what they're bringing on on purpose to control it all along, that, along those lines there's also the agenda uh, to get rid of 4 billion of us they, they, yep. seem, seem, um, they want to overcrowd as close to immigration mm -hmm. well when does the population elimination come in? Because it appears mm -hmm. to me, from what they're doing, they're either they're trying to disinhabit this planet for something else, yeah. uh, or make us all just short-term little zombie slaves because of the chemtrails, mm -hmm. the, the GMO foods, the changing of the DMA, and the yeah. pesticides, the fluoride, the aspartame, the soy. I mean, they're literally mm -hmm. changing our species, or, or and, and you know that all the disease outbreak there is, obesity, diabetes, yeah. cancer, glaucoma, I mean, all terminal diseases that healthy people in our population should not be getting. And it looks like, with all the beryllium in the sky and barium, mm -hmm. and like, hey, you're trying to get rid of us for some reason. Well, they are. They are. They've made no bones about that. They've told us they're going to reduce this population to what they call a manageable level. And it's a manageable level to suit a futuristic high-tech society where you won't need massive laborers uh, as a population. Um, you only need the high-techies and so on. And even then, they, they have... Uh, this, see, this is the never-ending story. They say that man is a building material and they can keep, through, through science, keep changing us to suit their purpose and to suit the age. And so they, they're looking at purpose-made, ideal-designed humans to suit their needs in the next 20 years. That's why the push for genetics has been going on steadily from for the last the whole 20th century into this century, is to create a new type of servant uh, to, to populate the planet, to serve those elite. And they've written this themselves in their own books, like Charles Galton Darwin, 
wrote in his book, The Next Million Years, he talked about doing this very thing. He says, we, the elite, must not change ourselves. We must retain our ability for self-preservation because we will be steering the world, the, the, the ship of Earth. But the public won't need those abilities of self-preservation. The state will make all their decisions for them. Well, that's been happening for years now. Most people have been so socialized and domesticated and poisoned. There's no doubt about it. We're being bioengineered by the inoculations, the food, the spraying, and so on. And they know the effects of everything they introduce into the food chain. Believe you me, they know way in advance what it's going to do to the human body. And you're seeing the effects of it now with all the different categories of diabetes. Um, people are not absorbing uh, the proteins and carbohydrates the way they used to. Everything's turning into sugars, and um, and they're, they're putting on weight at an incredible level. Uh, and they expect pretty well three quarters of the population shortly to be diabetic as a new normal, without ever discussing the causes. And that's quite um, whatever they, they don't discuss the cause, you know, is a is a purpose made thing. This oh, is yeah. part of the, the plan. In fact, the, the solution is to make sure you. You have health care insurance and uh, mandatory health care insurance and take another 20% of your income and give it to our friends. Yes, and that's what I mean. You see, the, the Third World War is not going to start like one amazing new dawn someday. It's already been going on. It's been going on our whole lives. And since the, the introduction of specifically the polio vaccine, followed by all the later ones, uh, we've watched the health of the, pu the public plummet. We've seen the autoimmune problems that most people have come from that. We've seen the sky... Uh, rocketing increase in cancers of all kinds and and then we have uh, 50 years later we have the video on Dr. Salk where he admits there's cancer viruses in every shot well they've been killing us off for a while you see they have been reducing the population and the United Nations boasts every year that the fertility rate of the western male uh, is now down by 75% and it, again there's no comment like this is a crisis they just give you the statistics and, and go on to the next one that means it's intentional so we've been under bio-warfare attack for a long time We've been doing everything we can here at our station and uh, through the Genesis programming and, and, and guests like you to inform our audience about the food. I mean, to, uh, it's, it's not the same food. I mean, you, you, you pick up a can and it's got, oh, okay, it's got beans in it and salt and water. Okay, well, the salt is mandated to have fluoride in it. Mm -hmm. The Codex thing has, has mandated every manufactured salt, refined salt, is to have fluoride injected into it. All the city waters, all the canneries, all the, all the uh, uh, production facilities that, that produce the food, they're using city water that has fluoride and chlorine in it. I mean, so you think you're buying a can of beets or, or beans, and you're going, man, this is a poison delivery system. It is, and plus they've lined the inside of most of these cans now with a plastic-type coating that gives off bisphenol, which is a synthetic estrogen. There's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, our audience is really becoming conscious of this. Get rid of the soy. Don't eat that stuff. Eat as, as much organic as you can or find. Um, you know, even the beef and pork. Well, they're getting steroids. They're being fed genetically modified foods. So that means you're eating genetically modified foods. Mm -hmm. and, and you can see some of the audience uh, out here that come and visit the station, they've taken this to heart. They're not drinking that water. They're not eating that food. And the pounds are dropping off them, their hair is getting healthier, their skin glows, they're cleaning out their colon, getting rid of the toxins and the poisons, and, and doing chelation and getting rid of the metals in their blood. I mean, these people are looking 10 and 15 years younger, Alan. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah. and uh, what they've found, too, with this new type of obesity, 
once you've hit the magic number of 30 pounds overweight it's almost irreversible there's literally biological changes take place within the, the, your body and your cellular system uh, and so people are really um, just, just puffing up like balloons it's all over the place and it's not because they're just overeating it's because everything's being altered within their system including the way they digest stuff including the enzymes that breaks down all the different types of, uh, of foodstuffs my mother-in-law perfectly healthy person just celebrated her 80th birthday and this last year she started losing a lot of weight and then finally went to the hospital for diagnosis after an emergency visit mm-hmm. and found seven tumors in her and said well it's yeah. pretty tough um and but his pancreatic tumor was the main one. Yeah. And I started studying up on it because you do get interested in it. And they're going, well, you get that because your pancreatic changes its DNA. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute. Yeah. Humans aren't supposed to be changing their DNA midstream. No, no. And, and again, it's, again, it's all the pancreas. Again, is all again linked to the diabetes thing. Uh, and if the islets are lying your hands, they produce all the, the different uh, things you need to absorb sugars and break it down. So the, the pancreas is definitely a target for this, and, and most people today, that's where the problem starts. Pancreatic cancer used to be fairly rare, and now it's very common. Now, with with this agenda, or what these Illuminatis, or the family, if you want to call them, who or where you want to call them, these people that uh, are basically run the world, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, if they're all of these under, how do they expect to escape this themselves? I mean, if they leave the planet so polluted from pesticides and the water and the fish and animals, and we all perish and die, or, or yeah. all the trees die, what are, what kind of paradise do they think they're going to have here? Well, the thing is, these guys think very long term. And you've got to understand how a think tank operates, especially security, etc., at that level. If you were to take five people, five young men, say, or women, and you put them in a tall tower and they, they live there, they have their own rooms there, they sleep there, they meet every day for their lectures by very important people. Within a couple of weeks you would you could convince them of anything. Any sci-fi futuristic event you can literally convince them of until they're debating it amongst themselves the most impossible things as though it was quite natural or, or very possible and then you give them the power to be in charge of things. Well this is what's happened that happened all throughout the Cold War with the RAND think tank organizations and the game theory plan that they ran the world on game theory by literally made up by a guy who was a paranoid schizophrenic this is a policy they adopted to run the world based on the fact that everyone was so selfish that that, that's all that motivated you was your own selfishness and you had to be paranoid of everyone else and could not cooperate so they ran the world on this game theory and it was all done in these big towers and think tanks where people almost lived amongst their own kind who'd been given the same conditioning these guys plan to, to outlive us all because they have the ability to already stop the the time clock gene, the aging gene. And that was admitted by David Suzuki, who was a big player uh, at the world system, the United Nations system. He is a geneticist, and he said on national television, Canada, we have the ability to now to stop the aging gene dead, he says, and make someone live to 500 years if we wish to. Well, I've always uh, uh, been curious... I became aware of things in the mid-70s 
why in the hell is it David Rockefeller dead or Kissinger? I mean, these, mm -hmm. these guys were old men then. <laughs> yeah, but these, 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 they, get, they definitely get longevity uh, treatment, which we will never even hear about in any magazine or, or in any uh, expose on television. We will never be allowed into the very high sciences which already exist. Uh, now, these characters have... Uh, what they call arcs. These are the arcs, like the one they did for the seeds uh, on the island of Norway. Uh, they have arcs also for all human, animal, and insect uh, genes. They have them stored in cryogenics. One of them is in Louisiana, and they have done public broadcasting shows on these. The World Wildlife Fund owns three of them. And they literally have already admitted that they can take and in, uh, they can basically in the test tube they can put male and female uh, species together, uh, insert the embryo into any other type of animal and bring it to term. In other words, they can reseed this planet if they so wish with anything that they want. Well, that's why I thought, you know, sort of connecting the dots there, and that maybe there's an agenda to depopulate us and, and have somebody else that inhabit the world with these. Mm -hmm. trails and stuff that are all going on or the food stuff maybe yeah yeah this is this is temporary but they definitely have the ability to recreate new kinds of humans uh repopulate the planet with any species grass seed trees whatever they have all of that within cryogenic storage and and that's only the three that that uh, they've admitted to from the world wildlife fund they have other organizations with the same ability too so they think long term they also have the massive underground facilities that was exposed in britain not so long ago by a reporter who showed you some of them to save the elite and the bureaucracies this con continuity of government as they call it and the, the massive uh, multi-billion pound or dollar funding that they put into them to save themselves for the very long haul if they have to they can go in there and live for 100, 200 years if they want to yeah, I mean, you hear so much about these underground cities and tunnels and the you know, alien technology that's down there and the alien species that are down there and working hand in hand there's no aliens there well, we've heard that certain guests have said there are. There, there's no aliens. Believe you me, the, these characters have been so far ahead in sciences. And if you go into the old writings of even the alchemists, they were a brotherhood, remember? You had to swear allegiance to to the brotherhood. And one of the one of the, the things that you had to swear to was never to divulge the higher sciences to the general public because through the, the collection of true knowledge in biology, chemistry, physics, they would become the masters over kings and queens and governments who would need their services for warfare-making capabilities. And so, no, that's not the aliens is doing this. The, the, these sciences are very high. There's three levels of reality on this world. One is what the media gives the general public. That's also the same information from professors down. There's a higher level we see where the CIA, MI6 and so on have technologies which are not even known about by the public and above them there's an even higher level of the true controllers that would never even give their main weaponry to the CIA. So that's the three levels of, of, of science and it's the same with health and all other technologies. We have a question here from a listener that says, uh, with all that knowledge that is out there, why haven't they taught others how to fight on a higher level in a spiritual plane? That was a question from a listener. Well, on a spiritual plane, you've got to define what spiritual plane is. And everyone's got their own idea these days, especially, of what a spiritual, what, even what a spiritual life is. 
uh, it's up for grabs now. I mean, you have people living in, in communal setups where, where it's multiple sects and they still think they're spiritual lives. And uh, so it's all to do with judgments and so on. A spiritual life can only be something that is known to the individual, not the group. And that was the secrets of all the ages. The ancients knew this, that any anything that was given to the masses becomes debased because the masses wish to have formula and ritual and they want conformity that they'll all conform to. They don't like people outside who are different. They like them all to be the same. So any higher truth is always debased to suit the masses and therefore any, any true reality could only come to the individual who would then be separated from the world. You couldn't join the world because you wouldn't fit in anymore. That was the ultimate goal of seeking the spiritual path. I can tell how much of an impact you're having uh, with, your, with your discussions and talks and seminars and books is uh, now more more I've seen that you're getting a lot of criticism on the net. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know for a fact that people don't criticize last place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've done a lot of research. You see, you remember, too, that when it was decided to destroy completely uh, the main religion that made a cohesive society in the West, and that was Christianity in different forms and different sects, um, they also had realized, and Gorbachev talked about this in his own book, Towards a New Civilization, he said, he said, I am an atheist, he said. He said, but, he says, we, we are creating a new religion for the people uh, which must be based on a form of earth worship. Well, he's talking about basically pantheism, but you'll have a new priesthood of scientists that will tell you what you have to do to please the planet. And that, again, falls in with depopulation and all the rest of it. So they've always used religion down through the ages for the masses to conform to. And the new age religion um, was put out there by the Scottish writer Freemasonry. In the 1950s, their magazine was called The New Age, their monthly magazine. And in it, they boasted they'd bring in the new age. And sure enough, uh, in comes Wiccanism and all the other stuff with channeling, etc. But it all brings you around eventually to the same direction and that is this form of earth worship pleasing the planet nature but you have a a panel of scientists at the top who dictate all the problems of nature and and blame us for causing it so we must start sacrificing ourselves, as all pantheistic societies have we sacrifice ourselves or our firstborn or all our children to save the planet that's what they're bringing back I've I've always said you know that through uh, world domination whether it's been uh uh, the Romans or Hitler or Mao or Genghis Khan or uh, Alexander the Great um, or the Vatican, that there's always been one holdout group or somebody who rises up and, you know, or they just overextend themselves. The, the goal has always been world domination. And they've always missed a single ingredient to unite people. And so whether I'm Catholic, well, you know, I'm Protestant, I ain't going for that. Whether I'm white, well, I'm black, and I ain't going for that. Uh, or I'm red, and I'm a USA, whatever. Uh, Nazi versus fascist, but the one if you get everybody to buy a universal lie, mm-hmm. you could, you could, and the thing was global warming. I thought, you know, I saw this coming 30 years ago. I thought, mm-hmm. the environmental movement. There you go. We all yep. have to collectively save the planet. They teach yep. in schools. It's in all the advertising. I mean, it's it's done. Yeah. Well, you see, when you set up this organization uh, to run the world, they did it by setting up institutions. 
they would specialize in certain areas. Now, the Cecil Rhodes Foundation joined with the, the, the Lord Milner Foundation and became the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the American branch being the Council on Foreign Relations. And they have so many different think tanks uh, which belong to that. Even the one to do with global food shortages was set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the CFR. They have think tanks working on all this propaganda all the time. But another branch was the Club of Rome. And the Club of Rome put out in their own book, uh, written by the founders of the Club of Rome, uh, and this book was published in the 90s, but they said back in the 1970s, we sat around the table wondering how to bring the planet together, and we realized that only under war conditions, total war conditions, do people obey and allow their freedoms to be taken away, etc. And uh, it says we have to bring a war situation in, but how do you get a war in a global system? He said we hit upon the idea of blaming humanity for causing climate change. And that's what he said, that would fit the bill. That's their very words, that would fit the bill. You know, every once in a while, politicians have a slip of the tongue or uh, reveal something they shouldn't. And a lot of times, it's uh, the media runs with it, a lot of times it just gets wiped away. But one of the ones that step, stand out at me in history is the famous quotation of Pope Leo X. And his uh, quote is, What profit has not the fable of Christ brought us? Yes, that's right. That's, that's one of them. Another one said, he actually said, um, uh, this myth of Jesus has served as well. Yeah. Now, uh, of course, that's the opinion of Leo the Pope. But Leo is also the Khazar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you see, the, there always has to be a boogeyman that everybody has to be afraid of. And how can our fearless, oh, we better elect a military guy because we're in a war on terror. You know, yeah. it's just the hook, line, and sinker all over again. Yes, and, and so terror is wonderful because it's such a vague term. See, terror is, is an effect of something. It surrounds you all the time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not the Germans, the Japanese, or whatever old enemies were. It, it's a vague. It's actually the result of something. It's, it's, it's not the thing itself, and therefore it can be expanded to include everything, which it is, of course. And even uh, thought crime is coming into it now. Uh, with the hate laws, if you think something, you're asked in court, now what were you thinking when you did this? Uh, that's actually been asked in Canadian courts. We are on the air with Alan Watt. His uh, webpage is cuttingthroughthematrix.com, and more and more you're hearing people raise the phrase matrix, and we're literally living in a matrix. How bad is the surveillance in Canada, or, or is it even aware in Canada? Oh, it's, in Canada, it's really taken off now. Um, you know that Britain, of course, was the premier country for testing all of this stuff out on. They have the, the largest uh, uh, amounts of cameras in the planet, basically. Yeah, but they're subject, so they have no control anyway. Uh, yeah, well, actually, we're all subject now that are through legalities. But the, the thing is, the, a, a few years ago, the company uh, that makes all the surveillance equipment under the guise of the, the World Chief Police Association, now, the, the World uh, Police Chief Association or Chief of Police Association is a United Nations organization that most police chiefs belong to. And they had their organizational meeting in Montreal a few years ago and they decided from all over the states in Canada to go ahead in the same agenda and, and get all of this equipment to 
bring up the same surveillance system as Britain has and it's underway now and it's quite interesting that alone now you have an organization of police chiefs working independently almost outside of all politics uh, going along with an agenda mandated by the United Nations bypassing all public input but using our tax money so you understand there is no such thing as democratic input into any of this system that's been the con game we're bypassed with institutions and organizations Oh, yeah, that's just the illusion. That's, that is the matrix. Yeah. Now, for folks who want to listen to you on the Internet, you're on the Republic Broadcast Network. What, what's your air uh, showtime? I'm on at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yeah. Okay. What's the uh, nature of the calls you get on the show, Alan? There are all levels of understanding because everyone today, uh, you, you see, data this data that comes through media or internet is simply that most most of it is just data very few people can discern what's valuable what is disinformation what's what is trivia and so there are, there are all levels of trying to understand when people wake up or start reacting to what's happening to them personally through loss of jobs factories closing there's how many factories left um, uh, and start questioning their lives uh, they tend to, to initially look in, they freak out basically and they look for religion so they look at whatever religion is familiar to them and then they look beyond that because the old religion is now blended with the new age religion you now have new age Christians who think that Jesus is going to come back from Alpha Reticuli with a bunch of his, his servants to destroy the planet and, and you have all this mush and, and confusion mixed together so the more data that you can get access to the more confused you can become and I try to tell people don't fall into that trap you'll become mind bombed you've got to go into the older books where big players wrote about this entire agenda and spelled it out how they would do it and these, these books are, are gathering uh, dust in libraries a lot have been thrown out already uh, but they were very explicit as to what they were, where they were taking the world now during World War II many of the big players in the United States uh, wrote books about the coming New World Order because they hoped to bring it right in after World War II but the public decided otherwise they weren't too keen on losing their sovereignty so they had to do it the stealth way which was step by step by step a united Europe first to be followed by a united Americas uh, and then the united Pacific Asia rim and that's already happening now Karl Marx wrote about that in the 1800s by the way that would happen in that, in that order we encourage our audience at all times to, to buy books, you know, knowledgeable books, the old books, even just the how-to books on how to garden and how to can and, yeah. and how to build houses and stuff. Because one electric magnetic, electromagnetic pulse, all the computers are erased, all the data is erased, all your, your CDs are erased, and there's yeah. no knowledge base anymore. There's no knowledge base. It's quite easy to fry them. And I know for a fact that people in the federal governments in Canada and the States have their own laptop personal computers given to them by the government, and these things are EMP proof. So they are expecting that sometime down the road. <laughs> now also the webpage is cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Um, would you like to take any questions from the audience? Our number is 752-2600. It is 752-2600. Now, how to... For the audience out there listening, you and I talk about this. They're probably saying both of you guys have been smoking too much wacky weed. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's kind of 
put a hands-on thing here. Let's look at the short-term events that are about to unfold and tie it into this agenda, Alan. And so they can say, you know what? I heard about this a month ago on the radio. Now, I'm real leery of people who prophesize about certain dates. Oh, December 27th, October, or I mean, uh, 2012, the Earth ends. Uh, September 27th is going to be a major event, and the world will change on October 12th of 08. And some real, you know, because that's, that's good entertainment, I guess, and gets people in a real antsy, antsy mood, which could be, you know, special op stuff doing the whole thing for us to make us anxious. So I'm real leery about people predicting dates. But with the financial thing coming on here and the military moving around the world and food shortages, where do you think the, well, if you know what the next Illuminati plan is to unfold, if, mm-hmm. so we can watch the current events going, you know what, that Alan's a pretty smart guy. Uh, I'd say that one thing that's very simple is to simply just use what you can glean from little bits of information from the media to do with food. Now, we know that five agri-food businesses basically have taken over most of the farmland of the planet. And you'll find these guys can sort with each other. They're not really separate individual corporations. That's the appearance of things. It's one monopoly. Same stockholders. Yeah, that's right. The same stockholders. And they set out a long time ago, during World War II, to start taking over farmland. And have used bankruptcies and so on to do so. Now they're using weather modification. If you look at for the last 10 years at how we've been hammered in Canada and the U.S. in the farm belts with floods, 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 drought, 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 flood, flood, and they're doing it this year again uh, to, to such an extent. And the media tells us there's going to be food shortages. Well, they will make the food shortages happen, and shortly we'll see that kind of thing happen. Kissinger made a great statement when he gave a lecture at California back in the 70s when he was talking about the United Nations coming in to the Americas to help people in disasters and so on. And, of course, there was a big outcry against it, but he said, he says, under the right circumstances, in other words, manipulated circumstances, you'll welcome foreign troops in here. Well, we're seeing that happen now. Um, Oh, absolutely people will. They'll say, oh, they're bringing us food. Yes, that's right. And we saw this, uh, I don't know if you realize that the total martial law system went in again to effect with that uh, Hurricane Gustav, because Canada and Mexico and other countries were, were on alert to come right in. Uh, to, to, to start working there. Um, and that's the first trial that they've used of the joint uh, combination rapid response forces. And that also means that anything happening in Canada, the U.S., and Mexican troops will be up here, uh, and so on. So this is a reciprocal type agreement they've got now, and they're bringing more and more Latin American countries into this, this format. So we're already, you see, they've bypassed any constitutional rights. And years ago in the Council of Foreign Relations and their Foreign Relations magazine they actually print up what they're going to do and, and they publish it every month pretty expensive magazine as far as I'm concerned but they do tell you what the agenda is because they're in they're members of the Council on Foreign Relations but uh, they said that, that uh, rather than hit the Constitution head on 
and debate it and destroy it line by line they said we'll simply do an end run around it they simply go around the constitution and they have done that oh boy and especially since 9-11 and it was all ready to go into action before 9-11 we saw Clinton trying to bring through the anti-terrorism bill and it was turned down by Congress that very weekend the Oklahoma City building blew up and it was passed on the Monday uh, when they all went back and reset again this is how they do things they will make things happen one way or another, and we will comply. And if you recall, Clinton in the uh, mirror bombing, uh, one of the first things he did was flash out at and blame it on talk radio. It was talk radio, and it was interesting to me that across the world, when Oklahoma City went up, the first thing the, the news shot showed you before the music stopped for their intro uh, that day across the world was the same shots of guys wearing mismatched camo gear going through forests in other words the militia was behind this that that was the farce they tried yeah, to give they us had, they already had that in the can ready to go yeah looks like we got a, a caller here let's, let's see if we can uh, plug you in together hi you're on the air with alan watt hey, good morning john uh, alan thank you for being on the program this morning uh, we we all are, are totally aware of the chaos and the chaos that's going to be unfolding. I mean, that's just an absolute given because these people are, are set. Uh, are you still there? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm on a cell phone, so sometimes it cuts out. But at any rate, um, could you speak to or are you aware of the rise in human consciousness parallel the darkness and the chaos that's coming. I mean, some of, some of the folks out there have talked about that, but my absolute opinion is, based on personal experience, is that there's going to be a segment of the population that will come into a very high evolved consciousness that will be able to deal with this, and there will be remnants of a civilization left over, but not what the New World Order thinks it's going to be. And so I'll, uh, I'll hang up and, answer, uh, and let you answer that question. Thank you. Yeah. Question. Yeah. And, and what do you, here, even in Montana, because of talk radio and our audience yearning for the knowledge, I mean, they are changing their lifestyles. They are refusing to be poisoned, and they're, they're open to everything. You know, they're learning that everything the government's told them has been a lie for the last 200 years. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a catch-22. Um now there are people who can always wake up through this as opposed to those who simply react a lot of people think they're waking up but they're reacting other ones go beyond that and they start with questioning themselves there's no point questioning the world it's too confusing you got to question yourself first as a starting point then you understand the world um, few people can go that far now the new age also unfortunately said the same thing that oh, they've, they've given us all this disinfo the photon belt was the big thing we're going to go through this photon belt that was going to bring illumination to everyone and suddenly we'd have all these powers and we could destroy the enemy that was pushed for 20-30 years from the, from the Rosicrucian society and through through the higher masonry um, you've you got to distinguish and, and, and uh, the, the wheat from the chaff you've got to say <clears throat> and what is true and what isn't now it's true that some people are really waking up 
And it isn't just a matter of self-preservation in a physical way. There's no doubt about that. You've got to go higher, and you literally come to the stage where, what are, am I in charge of? What can I actually control? Because everything seems outside of your control. Technically, it is. These decisions are made by big people you'll never even meet. Right, I cannot control the weather modification going on in Africa right now. Yeah, so you start with yourself. That's the only material that you can be sure of, and that is yourself. You can be sure of no one else. And then the changes start happening within you, because you will question your own mortality. That's, that's something you have to go through. Your own mortality, and then you start questioning, where, where the hell have I been my whole life? Uh, what, have been, what have I been doing? Because you, you'll find you've been doing what everyone else has been doing, which is pretty well just having a good time and doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you start to freak out, and then you realize you've got you have a different path to follow. You're, you will not be sure where it will lead you. You'll not be sure, but you must also be very careful of all the New Age books out there because the other side, that side, they've already set up leaders for you to follow. And you will follow them like the Pied Piper uh, takes the children over the cliff edge. Um, don't go their way. Never go the way of the group. And I don't care what group it is. You must always follow, follow your own spirit. Who, who is the... The name is just gone right now, but the original founder of uh, oh golly the one who predicts uh, all the wars for the CFR, the Illuminati, or the Masonic guys, uh, what was his name he, he basically wrote the book and all this stuff and they followed him oh you're talking about Pike and, and, and yeah, yeah Pike, Albert mm -hmm. Pike mm -hmm. well, you know, they seem to be I mean, like you say, they telegraph everything mm -hmm. it seems like every, you know he, World War One. here's a geopolitical here's we're going to divide it up, here's World War Two. And he's been very clear about the plans for World War III. Mm -hmm. We seem to be moving very rapidly towards that agenda. Uh, we're in it. We're, that's what I'm trying to tell people. We're, see, World War III has been going on on your whole lives. Everyone who's alive now has been living through different phases and stages of World War III. When they signed the United Nations Agreement, every leader gave away your sovereignty right there and then. That was a given in the agreement. And the world was to be run by a parallel government that, that Carl Quigley talked about. Now, Carl Quigley was the historian who got in to the headquarters of the Harold Pratt Building in New York for the Council on Foreign Relations. And then he wrote his book, Tragedy and Hope, and the Anglo-American Establishment, his two books. And in there, he's, he starts giving you the... He fills in the reasons for the wars for the last 200 years they didn't give you in the history books and he said this organization has been behind every major war across the world with the intent of coalescing the world into world government and he he um, he said this we, he says we are a parallel government an unelected government which has been in existence for over 60 years now he wrote the book in the 1960s and that was confirmed by, by Margaret Thatcher when she was Prime Minister of Britain. After she left, she gave a world tour. The title of the tour was The New World Order. 
and she said I belong to an organization which is a parallel government she says we're made up of ex-prime ministers and presidents and high bureaucrats of all countries we all know each other we work in unison we can get things done because the democratic way is too cumbersome there's too many arguments too many factions uh, arguing and they can get nothing done she says this way we're, we're unaccountable to the public and we can make the agenda and bring it into fruition make it work do you think there will be a, uh, a shooting war over with, with Iran here soon, or with Russia? I think that, it, well, there's no doubt about it. We know that the group who are in uh, uh, at the top in the U.S. at the moment, uh, with Bush and Cheney, Wolfowitz and all the rest of them, uh, Richard Perrell's on the sidelines still working, uh, they drafted up in the 90s and published in the 90s uh, the project for a new American century. That's still up on their website. And in there, they go in through the plan for taking over the Middle East. And they wanted to, to start with Afghanistan, and sure enough, that's where they went into first after 9-11. Then Iraq, then Iran, uh, then Syria. Uh, now, these guys simply see the world as a big business plan and, and countries as corporations that they want to take over. And that's what they're doing. These are CEOs, these people, and they see it's a takeover, and they will not backtrack. One way or another, they will get what they want. It's a must-be, you know. I see a rather uh, more extreme, more bizarre, more shocking uh, false flag attack like 9-11 involving the fleets that we have dispatched over there, you know, sinking of five air or two aircraft carriers and battleships and going, oh my God, mm -hmm. game on. We've got to retaliate against somebody. Well, you, you see, it might happen. That could happen. A, it is a scenario because uh, it was a couple of weeks ago the U.S. dispatched a large fleet over there to basically create the same situation as it did with Iraq. They're putting an embargo of all incoming goods and, and outgoing goods from Iran. So they want to starve them first for the next four or five years, just like they did with Iraq. And then they'll have a, a disease breaking out. Uh, they won't get medicine coming in. If you remember Madeleine Albright when she was uh, uh, up there uh, during the, the Iraq war, uh, she she was told that 500,000, actually it was over a million Iraqis, women, children, men had died because they couldn't get medications and antibiotics and good food. Uh, she was asked if that was worthwhile, the strategy of starving them to death. And she says, yes, it was quite acceptable to her. Well, they're doing the same thing now with Iran. And Bush signed agreements to go ahead and do that. And all covert actions within Iran as well. And they seized all their banks in Europe and so they can't buy, sell or trade. And, I mean, it's just a joke what we're doing. Yes. And so, the, so you see, that this happened in Japan too. We forget this as well. That helped bring on World War II. Because FDR had the fleet in the Pacific. The Japanese had to get the resources from outside of Japan. And the, the fleet were blocking them. So what happens is then you, then you have to retaliate and kick back. And, and then you're giving you excuse to go to war. This has been used over and over again down through history. World War II came about because of the Versailles Treaty in World War I. Uh, and the reporters said this at the time, world, that the, the treaty itself, the way it was worded, meaning Germany would have to pay every other country that fought against them all the reparations forever, never amen. Uh, they'd have to pay that forever or starve to death in the process or fight. And that's what brought on World War II. Germany had to succumb and go under or fight its way out. That's the same thing that's been done now with the Middle East. You know, and so many people just want to watch their football and eat, drink their beer and, and have a good time and, you know, ignore the fact that we did starve out, you know, 
the Iraqi citizens and children, and, and now we've put depleted uranium all over the place with dirty with birth defects, with literally millions being deformed and dying, and now the agenda to starve the Iranians uh, through food embargoes and you know uh, petrochemical embargoes, so they can't farm or yes. do anything. And we're so naive to think that these group of killers at the top mm -hmm. won't do it to us. Well, that's right. You understand these characters. Um, are put in place not because the public elect them. We, the public are presented with them. Who are you going to vote for? This one, that one, or that one? And Carl Quigley, again, Carl Quigley said, he said, we, and for 60 years, and that was in the 60s, and it's been continuing since, he says, we make sure that one of our men um, is in charge of each party. So it doesn't matter who you elect. They're all groomed for the global agenda, and it's a global agenda. These are internationalists at the top, and they don't view the peasant of America any differently from the peasant of Iran or China. Alan, we're uh, overtime here. I can't thank you enough for joining us here on KGEZ. We'll get a copy of this up to you so you can load it on your site. And all of our listeners can go to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and find out a lot of Alan's stuff's up there. And uh, he is on the Republic Broadcast Network from eight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the net. Thank you so much, Alan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye now.